tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Good evening, After Buzzers. Welcome to the People vs. O.J. Simpson American Crime Story After Show here on After Buzz TV. I am your host, Pegarad. You can find me on Twitter at Pegarad. I am joined by the lovely Stephanie. Stephanie Georgie. How are you doing, everyone? You can follow me on Twitter at Stephanie Georgie. Shaka Smith. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shaka Strong. Chris Howard at Chris Howard Live and at LegendaryLivingDaily.com and LegendaryLivingTV.com. Before we get into Season 1, Episode 5, titled The Race Car, just want to remind you guys to go on to, to iTunes, subscribe, comment, give us five stars, subscribe to our channel here, check out all the other videos that we have, check us out on SoundCloud, keep the comments coming, we love hearing from you guys. Stephanie has a quick word from our sponsors at Blue Apron. All right. You need to know how to cook, and not only do you feel you know your way around the kitchen, but cooking at home means eating healthier and saving money instead of ordering expensive takeout again. But where do you start? Blue Apron has you covered. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers all the fresh ingredients you need to create a home-cooked meal. Just follow the easy step-by-step instructions. Each meal can prepare can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. No overwhelming trips to the grocery store, no more sad takeout. No matter your dietary preferences, Blue Apron makes it a breeze to discover and prepare dishes like... The steak au poivre with pommes brusoles and cream kale. This is a new menu list. <laughs> they have spiced chicken pitas with yogurt sauce and roasted potato wedges. And then we have a pin- pinto pinto bean and pola- poblano chili with all the fixins. Um, cook with ingredients that you've never heard before, like watermelon radishes, farro, and purple potatoes. And recipes are between 500 to 700 calorie- calories per portion. Delicious and good for you. Right now, you can get your first two meals for free at blueapron.com slash podcast. That's blueapron.com slash podcast. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Ooh. Beautiful. Nice. Well done. Ooh, they switched it up on me, though, guys. (laughs) Keeping those recipes. Menu's fresh. So, guys, this episode was so good. It's so good. We have so much to talk about. Let's start from the beginning. We'll just kind of go through. It starts out, it's 1982. Johnny Cochran's driving to dinner with his two cute little girls through Westwood Village, it looked like. I noticed a couple parts. I Did went you? To UCLA. Okay. Yeah. Did you see that hubby The Habibi Cafe. <laughs> That's your home. <laughs> and he gets pulled over for the third time in a week. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Uh, it was intense, and it's funny because right when you see the the siren go off. I mean, I had the same exact reaction he did. Like, oh man. And he says, here we go. My favorite part about that was the way that he had to preface his children and say, girls, what do we do in this moment? Because you kind of have to. Like, do you remember those Chewy commercials where the what they would do is give a kid a Chewy because they'd be saying the most inappropriate and things that they shouldn't be saying? Um, but it was just sad that he said that it's one of those things. I mean, my mom and dad never told me. What, what do you say when a cop did? Nothing. Yeah. And who do you talk to? No one but your lawyer. Yeah. I mean, that was ridiculous. 
yeah, from, from my standpoint, having been stopped and having been in that situation, and it's crazy to me to see that, you know, it hasn't really changed much, at least for me, from my perspective. Um, but I do like that they set it up because you get to see the ethos of Johnny Cochran. You see where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times people say the race card, but it's almost a way of invalidating it and saying you're playing the race card right. as if it didn't exist at all. There was no validity to what you're saying. And so um, they're showing that ethos that he was valid, at least in the way he approached it, because there was an environment that he was dealing with. I like seeing that, too, because not only did he deal with a a number of cases that dealt with the LAPD and the injustices, but he actually experienced it firsthand. So that was good to see. Chris? For sure. Well, I mean, I think uh, my man here said it just, uh, you know, the right way that it it was there. So sometimes people think that spin is just spin, but spin is just somebody else's perspective. And I think that this whole episode spoke to perspective, how we each have our own unique perspective that we couldn't know. Unless we were there, mm-hmm. uh, as Darden says later. Right. So we fast forward to 1995. Cochran is at church with his wife. They're leaving, and there's cameras. And he decides to take this first big stab at Darden by saying, "The only reason you were hired is because you're black, and you're being used as a tool." So, mm-hmm. ouch. Right. I mean, I I get why Darden would be offended by that, but at the same time. Cochran is just letting him know, I hope you're aware of it also. You know, you're, you're allowed to stand where you want to stand, but don't play yourself either. Yeah, and I think it, it was kind of the first time you saw, well, there is this issue, but is Cochran now using it in a different way? Because he doesn't know exactly why he's hired. Mm-hmm. And I think they showed us enough in the earlier episodes to really show that Marshall was his friend and really did respect Chris Darden as an attorney. So he may have, it looked to me that he was kind of brought on the team because of his expertise. Mm-hmm. And maybe Gil Garcetti kind of was like, I like the right. optics of this. Yeah. Uh, yes. So it was the first time you see Cochran, who's well aware of some a real problem, but maybe want to use it to also my advantage mm-hmm. in a way that it may not play out, but I'm going to play it for every scenario here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I think Marsha's uh, Marcia's issue, like our guest, the, the guest that we had before that came in, the uh, guy from the Associated Press. Oh, Michael Freeman. Yeah. Michael, yeah. When he came in, she, he said that she was really colorblind, and that was kind of the, her problem going into it. She didn't see how it played out. But, you know, what would be wrong with him being brought in because he was black? I mean, wouldn't it be a strategic choice to put a black man in there because the race card was going to be a critical part of it and put somebody in who could have rapport with the jurors? So I don't understand... And maybe, uh, maybe somebody else would understand better from a different perspective, but I don't understand why Darden why that he let that get to him mm-hmm. so much and also i would say in addition to for the jurors to see that i think that also to shed light should marcia not be colorblind you know yeah. should, should be in an environment where they're not realizing it so i would i would agree with you in that strategic aspect like okay but he's there to be like just remember that there's also these issues which yeah. he's done in right. this episode in regards to michael Furman, which we'll talk about a little bit later but he it, it was beneficial for them to have him on the case in that yeah, regard. I, I, I think it was a tension around the time mm-hmm. and the fact that it sure. wasn't said what, what, if that was the case, why not approach him and tell him? And tell him. And so mm-hmm. I think because of the tension of not actually telling him and wanting to admit it, and the tension of the time, that it was just a more racially kind of aggravated time, that's why you see him taking it kind of very seriously. But, and, you know, what popped into my head there, too, was when he went to school, he, he, he gave a speech later, but, he, you know, that, he said, I was always up against that, somebody yeah. thinking I got it because... Of a diff because of the color yeah. of my skin, mm-hmm. rather than because I worked for it. And I think um, yeah, I think Marsha messed up without telling him. She just signed him firm and without kind of saying, "Look, yes, 
we think you're smart, we think you're talented, mm-hmm. but for the optics of this thing, this is why we're saying And yes, you're black. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why also it's better for you to take this guy. I was actually, that's the one thing about Marsha that really made me upset was when she threw it out there casually. Why would you not think that he would have that reaction, you know? And yeah. I get that she was trying to avoid that situation, but you said yourself, like, had she had just... I think she was so colorblind, she didn't want to admit that that was part of the reason. Because she takes Furman. She says, I'll right. take him. Yeah. It was, she was so colorblind and so committed to the no, no, fact no, not, that... No, not then, but I'm saying yeah. initially. No, I'm saying, I think oh, okay. even initially, she even was so initially, colorblind. Yeah, I think so, too. She was so committed to the fact that that was no part of him being on the team, mm-hmm. even though she really knew... That was a part of what. Maybe she was just in denial. Yeah, yeah. She just didn't want to. She didn't want to admit to it. It was her own stubbornness of going. No, I'm this race neutral person. If I even admit to a little bit. You see, but this is what upsets me because this is this is what is in that article that I wanted to talk about. She was identifying herself with it. She needs to not put her like, okay, we get that it's not you, but do not dismiss the rest of your community and where you come from and the people that you're working for. Yeah. Or the majority of the people that you're working for. It's it's actually it's racist i have to say it's it's racist to pretend that race doesn't come into the mix if she yeah. was really making that choice based on the fact that he was black yeah. she should have made it black and white and spelled it out yeah she um, just didn't want to be i don't a, mean to yeah. you know i don't think right. she wanted to be a part of that. what she yeah. saw as a problem even though it would would have been beneficial to her so she ended up shooting herself in the foot you know mm-hmm. yeah. if you guys are listening we want to hear what you think so tweet at us at hashtag #abtvacs we'll try to check our twitter feed every once in a while <laughs> yeah. and see what you guys have to say uh, so we see the two co- sides coming together we have the prosecution saying that we have mountains of evidence we've never had so much evidence before in any case and then we have the defense saying oh well we're gonna you know the mishandling of the evidence and how it was contaminated and so we see these two sides coming together they're getting ready for the uh, pre-trial motion Cochran says something that is so said beautiful Beautifully, sorry. Um, He says, our job is to tell the story better than the other side tells theirs. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. It's like you're painting this picture, this story for this jury to just eat up. And they did a beautiful job of doing it. I mean, we all know how it ends up, but (laughs) dang, they did a good job. I think that's always, I mean, I've learned a lot through watching this show. That's always the issue. You know, I've got legal issues I've been dealing with, and it's, it's really about... Who tells the story the best? In the end of the day, uh, it's you know yeah. even history is that's why they call it his story, his story, her story. It's all just a story. Who sold the story the best is what gets to last. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Marcia or they, it was portrayed that they looked at it from a very formulaic way. You know, we have this evidence, we have this motive, we've established this, we've established that, rather than wanting to tell this kind of grander story. And I think you see the drawbacks of you know what the different strategies in doing so. Mm-hmm. Darden and Furman. Ooh. Mm. He takes him into the room. He starts talking to him. Um, and he doesn't get a good feeling. And he goes no. and tells Marsh about it. Do you think that was a good choice? Do you think... Mm-hmm. I mean, I think what, what he said was right. I and, and I'm not saying... I'm saying it on... As my perspective, which I want everyone to know, because I believe one person thought that I had said I was black. I'm not. I know I'm not. Um, I'm Latina. Are you sure? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'm Latina. So any any comments I make, I am making from my own personal perspective. But I I think that that's true, and I, I feel like I've been around certain people, and mostly I hear it because so many people are comfortable to say racial things and act a certain way around me because they because they don't know. 
But at the same time, they don't know that just because I don't look like it doesn't mean it's not going to affect me the exact same it, w- it would for, like, my sister who's, like, three shades darker than I am, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I, I agreed with him 100%, and it, it, it upset me a little bit that she wouldn't consider what he had to say, like, more seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, with any attorney putting someone on the stand, you have to be completely comfortable with the person you're exactly. putting on the stand. Because just like we saw her eventually say, you know what, they'll see the, your animosity towards him. But she should have read that in the very beginning and yeah. thought to herself, well, if you have this after one meeting, maybe we shouldn't put this guy up, you know? Right. Um, Instead of covering it with massage it. Exactly. So Girl, I think please. she really, she was just so rely, like relying on this kind of formulaic idea of how to lay out evidence and having this witness. It's very naive. Yeah. Life doesn't like, work that way. Like, if somebody acts yeah. polite, well, they must be polite. Oh, yeah. man. That what was naive. Ridiculous. That yeah. was so nice. She's like, well, they must be. But she said it so kind of kind and giddy, and it just made me upset. I'm like, oh, sweetheart, yeah. you live in Los Angeles in the city of acting. Yeah. What makes you think that? Yeah. And it also bothers me because that's what that's the difference between me and uh. someone else who argues. I feel like I always get made out to be the, the, the crazy one just because I'm passionate the way that I speak. Oh, yeah. forgive me. Let me, be, let me sit on my hands while I talk to you and then maybe I'll be respected a little bit more. Yeah, no, yeah. I talk with my hands. And yeah. if I want to say something, I'm going to say it the way that I want to. And We're, it's like, it's, it pisses me off that people consider a very specific way of being polite and that if you act like it, that you are. Yeah. No, you're but probably being But who cares what fake. they think? Yeah. You're, you're fiery and you're you. And No, I'm saying, yeah. but in regards to that comment, that's why it was not yeah, right, yeah. to say. And it, with the whole Mark Furman thing, like I couldn't, I was having trouble uh, as we were watching the episode, figuring out like why, you know, we know the guys are racist, but I'm thinking of it in retrospect. I keep thinking I've got all this information that's going to come out about how racist the guy really shows up. And I'm like, well, don't you you want to call him out for what he is? And then I'm forgetting, oh, gosh, this is the uh, prosecution. They don't yeah. want him to be a racist, uh-huh. yeah. but he is. And that's the issue in Chris Darden's consciousness. He's just like, I, I hate this guy. Yeah, and he, this felt, he felt like he was being misled. He knew. He felt yeah. that, he, you know, regardless of the past, right now is a witness to me. I don't feel comfortable with him currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We learn yeah. a little bit more about Judge Lance Ito, and I laugh because he's he's kind of being portrayed very comically, don't yeah, you guys think? A little, a little like who? Ito? Ito. Yeah. He was kind it, of comical at the time. And though. I heard, yes, yeah. that his courtroom was a circus and he didn't have a hold on really? the courtroom. Oh, yeah. And you thought that he kind of was, he kind of liked the fact that he had this Vandy Fair reporter, was it? Yeah. And, yeah. and then he takes yeah, out his Arsenio Hall yeah. photograph. It's, which... it's tough for him because he was the first judge that was really in the spotlight of, mm-hmm. you know, with having the entire country as well as probably the entire world watching what was happening moment to moment. So he was in a really tough place, but he was a celebrity struck just like everybody else. And mm. it was comical. They had, like they said, the dancing Judge Itos on nighttime That's television. Why. And, oh, I mean, that yeah. makes more sense now. Yeah, uh, so it was crazy, and he had to, a lot to deal with. We get into the pretrial motion. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. The defense is trying to dismiss 62 domestic violence allegations. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no way they did this. And I looked it up, and they did try to do this. Yeah. It blows my mind, Shaka, as an attorney, where you're like, what? Well, you know, there's something in the law where something is more prejudicial than it is probative. And, you know, domestic violence, again, and we remember we have this idea that it does lead to murder, but really domestic violence and murder are two very, very different, different things, you know. There are a lot of people who are abusers who are, are not murderers, you know. And so th- the worry for the jury is, is introducing this evidence going to prejudice the client too much, not based on the actual evidence of the murder, but mm-hmm. just based on knowing he's beaten his wife or there's 62 incidences of right. domestic abuse. So it, it, it's valid 
in the argument, you know. But kind of, you know, if you kind of feel he's done it and you feel like, why would you exclude this? Or if you feel it's really indicative of his nature, but the argument is that it, it could harm the jury's sense of what really happened that mm-hmm. night. I know, because it's funny when you hear Shapiro say, this isn't a domestic violence trial, yeah. it's a murder trial. Yeah. And the flip side is true when they were attacking Furman. You know, the use of the N-word, you know, necessarily might be too prejudicial than it is probative, but certainly the way Darden um, brought it up Actually, no, can you talk, can you elaborate on how you felt about that? Like, would you say you agreed with what Darden had to say or with what Cochran had to say? Darden went too far to me. Yeah, now if you tell people, you know, someone's past use of the N-word may prejudice them too much, may prejudice the jury too much of that person in terms of believing their truth, truthfulness on everything else, mm-hmm. that's one argument. You know, if, if I know you said the N-word, I might just wholly not believe you, and that's not necessarily a logical nexus between what you did in the past and what you're saying now on the stand. Mm-hmm. So that argument I get. But what Darden was doing was indicting African Americans. Yeah. He was saying Absolutely. that they will not be able, they'll be so emotionally, you know, shaken by the word, they can't take this person ser- seriously. Yes. And so when you start to target a particular group and say that something they've lived with and have, have, right. have dealt right. with on a Cable. daily basis, you know. See, um, I think I think Darden was sincere when he said it, and I think that he was coming from the right place because the the Los Angeles at the time was ripped apart by this racial tension that was happening with after yeah. Rodney King. And I think that, you know, Johnny Cochran just played it up and he had excellent lawyering capability and he was able to use his oratory skills but to I can't, no, I can't sway the jury. I, no, see, me. on that one, hearing I agree too. Yeah, be, well, does not ruin your skills of analysis. My, but yeah. that's my that's my point too because yeah. I liked to, I liked when he said they live with offensive treatment. Yeah. And the reason why I said that, and you see the reactions of certain black people in that courtroom when they're like, "Wait, bro, like I hope you're not exp- putting me a part of this yeah. argument because my whole thing is that there's plenty of people that I hear around me who say that because of the certain ways that they grew up. Some people use N-I-G-G-A instead of E-R, whatever it is the case may be. I'm not going to be like, don't you ever talk to yeah. me again. Yeah. I'm I'm relaxed. I get it. You may come from a different part, but I'm going to hear it. I get why you might yeah. say why but you But when might you weigh not. it up against the 62 cases of abuse that they, because yeah. what you where yeah. you were coming from was you said, that uh, they were attempting to off those, and you got how that could be prejudicial, but the yeah. use of the N-word so prolifically uh, was prejudicial no, as no, well. I, so I can, I'm no, weighing I, the two against each other no, no, when no, I, I say that. I can see how it's prejudicial to people in general. I can't see why you'd say African Americans are incapable of having any reasonable analysis, and that's what Darden said. Oh, he didn't yeah. say this is to the general jury prejudicial. No, I would have thought to the country no, no. as a whole it could be inflammatory with what was happening well, and, and stuff like that. But Yeah, because for, for that argument, it's for the jury. It, 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 it's it, an argument for the entirety of the jury. Right. Yes. But he was calling out African Americans. And that's what was offensive. It was just like, wow, yeah. So the last part um, of that scene, what Cochran says, actually happened. Wow. Yeah. I looked it up. <laughs> it all happened. It all yeah. happened. Yeah. Some parts, and, and we'll get to the part about yeah. the heart attack that Hodgman yeah. had Bill didn't Hodgman. really ha- happen he, in the courthouse. Oh, they put he it He started in having it. chest pains later on. So there's some mm. things that they did for TV oh, okay. effect. But but in that line that Johnny says to yeah. Cochran, I, I think it... It, it, it's, it was showing it's all, him. Yeah, it's great to hear that it actually happened because it captured the essence of yeah. your anger in that one moment. Okay. With like, did you just really tell us you, as a people uh-huh. we could not oh, understand? Yeah, it, it was yeah. so offensive. And it was just like, how do you get that across? Right. And it was like brother to brother. He was yes. just like, please, are you kidding <laughs> right. me? So yeah, I really got that scene. I really love that it was a real moment. So did I because I want yeah. it was. I'm glad that he used it to be like, how do you feel about me using that word yeah. right now? Yeah. Like, are you incapable of being the, the lead, pro- the and, second prosecutor and to this case this, now? He gave this beautiful 
beautiful kind of cogent, educated comeback of like disgust. But in two words, it just summarized it all. <laughs> it, sure it was, just, did. Uh, yeah. it was uh, really good. Yeah. That was great. So Cochran gets a phone call. He's he's hanging out with Dale, Keisha Sharp. Hi, we love you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that interruption. Roads are coming off. She's doing great. Yeah. She is. And he gets a phone call saying that they forgot to submit 12 witnesses' names. Yeah. And Cochran's oh. like, we're going anyway. Yeah. yeah. You were talking about it because I freaked out when Bill freaked out. Yeah. But you were saying that's a big yeah. Tell well, us about deal. what. Well, yeah, one thing that Cochran handled that really smoothly because that, that's a big deal to yeah. to when your witnesses are not in evidence. That's a very big deal because they'll, they'll likely get excluded, and you cannot in an opening statement talk about evidence you're going to put on that has not been admitted. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of a general no-no. Um, you can't, you know, I can't tell you my client's going to get off when you see the murder victim walk through this court door and knowing full well it's not happening or there's no evidence to support it. Um, and so that was a big issue. So that's why he was going crazy at that table to hear them start list, listing witness after witness after witness, none of whom had been disclosed. It, nothing. Yeah, right. no one had been disclosed. But what's more than that, it's also a big no-no for an attorney to o- interrupt an opening statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just generally does not happen. And when you interrupt an opening statement, it looks like you're trying to hide something right. from the jury. Mm-hmm. And so objections are very. You may have all these legal reasons to make them. But you, you, you're very discreet with them. You have like a very you know analysis based on, I don't want the jury to make it look, make it appear that I'm trying to hide something from them. Mm-hmm. And so you, you use your objection. You use your objections right. wisely, right? Yes. So now here he is, all these witnesses that haven't disclosed, and now he has to make this objection during opening. So he's just really kind of freaking out. Right. So I got the anxiety and like. I have to angst. say, I was gonna say kudos to that actor. Um, I hope he wins an Emmy for like support or something because I literally like stopped everyone. We had a pause and I was like, "What's happening right now?" And I freaked out. That was like the way really he was well, shaking. It was just really just, well done and it was super emotional. And, you, and like that's how I knew. And I had to ask Shaka. I was like, "What happened?" You know, like. Oh my God! Yeah, I he, can feel it still. <laughs> he, he brought the emotion because you're like oh, you're on the edge of your seat, and, I, and yeah. I felt it for him. I was like, you know, as an attorney, how nerve wracking yeah, to object, and now you're dealing with all these witnesses, and he was just and he got yeah. emotional, and I think that's what really upset me because this, this is a grown ass man in the court. After I had already made a comment, if you were a woman doing that, you know, you'd be laughed at. Yeah, that's so, true. And his first day and biggest, you know, court case. Uh, you know, yeah. it was everybody was emotionally involved because it was such a big deal. There was so much weight and gravitas to this case. That it's like, uh, you know, ev- and this episode was pushing everybody's emotional button. Absolutely. I was feeling it. I was of like, course. you saw how it would pull you from whatever racial right. divide you came from or side or whatever. Which Shaka and I both said, we literally made the same comment. We see why this case was so easily made out of ra- um, of yeah. Race. Yeah. Yeah. Race, race. Yeah. But but I think in this episode you start to see that okay, it looks like there's some valid reasons why you might vote or might say he's not guilty that did not fall along racial lines mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I, it, the way they're setting up the case it looks like to me so far the defense is just putting on a better case right and as a jury member you're not really privy to everything outside mm, so. so they they take a recess yeah but i don't know i feel like did they already taint the the view of, of right yeah. from the guy. I mean, it hasn't even officially started yet, yeah. and the jury's already heard that this, you know, 
these these random witnesses are, are being brought up, and I don't know. And, and what do you think as a jury I, member when the, the the defense is mentioning all the witnesses you're going to hear from the prosecution it mentioned, and they stand up and object, and now you're being let, let out? And the prosecution yeah. looks like they have no idea what they're doing. Right. So what's the prosecution trying to hide from my first question? Exactly. Yeah. So as a juror, you're like, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. This yeah. is insane. Or thinking, oh, wow, there's all these witnesses, and look, <laughs> these guys didn't do their job. They're yeah. standing there looking like fools. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I wonder if there's any interviews on the jurors. Does anybody know of any? There are out there. I don't yeah. know where well, they I know are. Yeah. I really want to hear their thought process about this whole thing. Like, what, what were you thinking? Um, so let's talk about how they go to OJ's house. Okay. Good. Because. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take it away. Well, because we had, um, earlier in the season, we had someone send us that video of The View. Um, thank you to that viewer. Forgive mm. me for not having your name down. But she, during the interview with Marsha Clark, we she mentions, she remembers that part specifically mm. about her had walking through the house before and how they redecorated everything. And it upsets me because, you know, they they didn't give the, the, rep, the proper representation of who OJ was. However, what was funny to me during that whole thing, and we'll focus more on the, the decoration, but was uh, OJ's reaction when, home, when uh, Darden sat on the bench. Yeah. Oh. I felt yeah. like, so the jurors were like, oh, well, look at his fuse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But anyways. Not a good moment for oh, him. Not a good moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just... Uh, Not a good moment for him. That wasn't a good moment for um, him. Again, I, you had mentioned something. You said that you can change that, right? Well, you know, it, if, if they're going to the house to see it for, you know, purposes of why blood might have ended up somewhere, you can't, like, build a wall that would obstruct that from ever happening. Mm -hmm. But... They weren't entering for decorations. They weren't entering, you know, to to inspect furnishings. So they could change it, Illegal, and yeah. especially if there was no order, you know, put forth by the prosecution, That's they must remain. See, I think they would be me. able to so, object to that legally, and and but once it's in their consciousness, you can't take it back. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so there would no, be no point. Yeah. It's oh, like okay. okay, pretend you didn't see that. Right. But wasn't yeah. the house at some point a crime scene? Yeah. And so you can go back and change what was a crime well, scene. Well, it's, no, it's not a crime scene now. Yeah, it's not okay. a crime scene currently. And so, and I, and I'm guessing OJ probably owned Nicole's house, or, but somehow I wonder if the, it looked like the defense probably got rid of all her stuff out of her house. Yeah, it yeah. Like it was because all the family pictures. That's what so, Marsha was saying. She's like, she was, she had a family. She, she had this, yeah. and, and none of that was there. And it, yeah, and the defense did that. Then that's exactly what you would do because you don't want them getting like very personal with the victim. You don't want them to relate to the victim, yes. but you want them to relate to your client and really exactly. get an emotional connection with him. Which is ridiculous. And then what blew my mind was OJ said, "Those aren't even my kids." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even know these but, people. Yeah. yeah. So that was the that was the kind of the instance of where you see that race is a big issue. It's yeah. a valid issue. But now Johnny's really using it and as you, a as a right. weapon. You know, as and a sword. you see and you see how OJ feels too because pr prior to that tour of the house, we see a conversation between Cochran and OJ yeah. when he's prepping him about the fe decorations in the house. And there's a couple of things again, like what uh, Heather had said last week. Uh, she said, you know, there's some the thing about OJ was that he was a friendly guy. Everyone did like him, and that's why everyone had this very specific perception of him and and could be on his side um he you know was looking around the house almost upset like because he had nothing to be ashamed of yeah. meaning he was proud of what it looked like and what he wanted to decorate was what he wanted to decorate but i really did like the moment that he said he's not gonna feel bad for buying a beautiful house in a beautiful neighborhood yeah. and the one thing i just want to say to that is just i i think i agree with that just because you know I, I know plenty of people, myself included, where we've been in situations like, please don't make me feel bad or yeah. tell me that I'm not what I am because I, um, 
you know, like for instance, like that, because I, I like to say, because I speak English well, I don't know how many times people have said like, oh, you don't have an accent. Yeah. I was like, oh, I never said I wasn't born. because you yeah, I never said yeah, I wasn't yeah, You worked your ass off yeah. and that was, the, that's the thing. Right, OJ no, but, worked his ass off yeah, to get to where yeah, he was. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. like, don't discredit me. Yeah. And right. I feel, I feel bad for OJ a little bit during that part. Well, it, it, it's, it's one of those things I do, I'm sorry. It, it, no, he, he, he really had worked for something and he... He thought he had kind of transcended these racial lines. It's like when Johnny got stopped, he was just very well aware he had not. That that was an issue that would always be around regardless right. of how wealthy you got or who you were. That's and, a great point. Like, don't disregard it. two of them view that. Well. And OJ just felt like he had escaped it, that he had, mm-hmm. you know, he had achieved enough that no one had to look at him due to his race. And, and then they I mean, made it all, when they made it all about that, it and, tore him apart. Yeah, and you, sure. you almost feel like if it was anything less than double murder, he would have like, you know, put a kibosh on everything, you know, said, forget about race, don't use it. He did right. not. Yeah. want to be known as black and that's yeah. the part that's that's that kind of hits you OJ didn't want to be black and he says I'm not black I'm OJ from the episode before yeah. mm-hmm. he it's like he wa- and it's sad that somebody would think that striving to the top or making it would be associated with the color of your skin well I think but he just felt like coming from where he came people from people should now be colorblind at this point because I am now OJ yeah. so I'm because I know the way they view black people no one views me that way so I, I have transcended that I am OJ well, I'm, that, and yeah. then that was a naive part of him yeah. I'm going to interrupt for two seconds and just to repeat the hashtag again I'm, I'm getting service and I don't see no tweets. Don't see no tweets. <laughs> I, uh, let me get, what? That's a lie. I tweeted you. Oh. Did you? <laughs> oh, wait. Wait, wait. Just a second because I didn't check my notifications. Was I was checking the Stephanie? hashtag. No, uh, ABTV ACS. <laughs> okay, uh, go ahead. Nice. Keep them going. Oh, no. I, I do see it. Oh, very nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it, makes you, it also reminds you, you know, you think of Michael Jackson, who was, you know, the, the skin, the lightening of the skin and the, the f- facial features and stuff. And it's like this whole, the whole idea that Keisha had brought up last week when she was here about having the white wife. And there's the, the kind of the striving and stepping over and, and then not, no longer associating with the people that were there before. And when we, ha- it was really surreal to look at that room of, you said it was writers, the guy was a writer at the table, and it was very white. It was a very white party where they're, you know. Oh, I know, the oh, fine yeah. dining, so, get out of here. That was a three, qu- like, four, five, this, four, get out of just here. Just a surreal, like, really, are you kidding me? They're, they've got so much poshness and money and white, 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 and it's like. Wow, does that really exist? It does, but they did a bad and job because they weren't doing open arm service, which was you're supposed to do in a situation. <laughs> so I'm kidding. That was a joke. It wasn't service. a good one. Nothing. But the way that all the servers oh, the, oh, were serving yeah. the plates was improper. <laughs> wow, I love it, you guys. I'm learning something. But I'm new. talking as a server, not as the person sitting on the table. Uh, but what a contrast of the way that they were discussing yeah. the case versus right. the way you've seen other groups of, of people talk about the case. That's you know? true. It was a good episode. Yeah. They really played the oh, race. Oh, man. Yeah. What, well. yeah, actually, what did you guys think about the, some of the things, like how they were conversing about it? I felt like it wasn't necessarily bad. It was more so the gossip the of gossip, it, right? The yeah. Just yeah. purely like, could not gossip. Believe, yeah. And, his, and that man's daughter was murdered. Yeah. So right. he's a columnist, columnist for mm-hmm. Vanity, Vanity Fair. Fair. Yeah. Let's talk about how Cochran goes up to Darden at OJ's house and he goes, do not let or do not do mm. Mark yeah. Furman. Yeah. Yep. Let the white people do it. Yeah. Because of the evidence that they have or like like Cochran figured it out later, the the witness that they might have. So at this point, we're thinking that Cochran's actually trying to help oh, Darden. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I, I, there's I, no ill intention yeah, there. Yeah, right? I okay. think he knows they're going to eviscerate Mark Furman mm-hmm. and Cochran, and Darden's going to look like an 
idiot if, yes. he, if he's the one that puts him up. Right. And he's giving him a little advice, right. you know? You already made a mistake. Yeah. Don't make another it. one, yeah. He said okay, I didn't pick that. I, like, no, I was yeah. trying to figure that out still. But yeah. It, oh, yeah, really? okay, so it was the real deal. It no, was, it was. Like, the way his father said that the, from yeah. one black man to another, like, he's just trying to look out for you and just kind of take that for what it is yeah. instead of feeling so attacked at this moment just because of what's going on. And I, and I think it's I think it represented the sentiment of the black community yes. in the case. Absolutely. And so his father kind of got it and said, he's probably trying to help you yeah. out because I... I had that same sentiment, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Of course. And so I think th- that's where that came from, yeah. That's yeah, that's fascinating. And because, I mean, it turns out that, like, Mark Furman's used the N-word 700 times or something. I mean, it's yeah. like it's so immense where he was coming from that uh, I, I, I guess and yeah, yeah, I can we, see that we saw well, earlier in, that. We saw earlier in the episode the defense team say there's no way they're going to put Furman up, you know, mm-hmm. because he's gonna gonna, be so we are going to yeah, shred him. We'll be ready yeah. to get him, so they probably won't put him up. Yeah. But And I think Johnny was alluding to that fact that, you know, they won't put him up, but if they do, don't right. want to be you. Don't be in the and line I, of fire. And I'm yeah. happy that um, I feel like the exchange of words in the moment where Cock, or where Darden gets uh, Marsha to be like, fine, I'm going to do it anyways. She did it, I feel like, in a way where it would almost be like a reverse psychology for him to be like, you know what, no, 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 I'll do it. And he's like, thank you, and walked out. And I was like, good, I'm so happy he didn't add lip to that, nor did he say thank you, just walked out, because that's yeah. all he needed to do so he wouldn't, so it wouldn't be used against him because... Yeah, well, we well, don't that, know what's about to happen. Uncle Tom theme came up a couple mm-hmm. of times in the episode. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I yeah. saw it and coming before it was said, before he read it on the newspaper. Yeah. I'm like, great, oh, he's yeah, going to be course. called that. Yeah, and yeah. then we and we got it with OJ. It you was know, OJ? The, the yeah. mayor of Brentwood. He goes, yeah. I know what that really means, yes. and that was the same sort of reference. That he had so, sold out his own people. Yeah. To, uh, and, and so that whole theme of it, and, and it's to some degree... One would look at OJ and say, well, he kind of did. He was so anxious to get away from everything that was black that it was. Uh, yeah. w- w- do you think? Well, I see how people could interpret it that way, but I think. Yeah, what, I could be wrong. But I would, I would say what was more important was the fact that you didn't see it in the trial. Mm. So, you know, Darden gets painted as his Uncle Tom. While people may have had that perception of OJ, we get his lawyer coming in and changing the decoration of the sure. house. So, mm-hmm. so if that were to ever arise in someone's mind, it was gone. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. gone from, a, yeah. Outward view. What a crazy episode. That's pretty much it. We're already on episode five. Yeah, we only have five more left, and yeah. it's just getting better and better. It's funny, too, because I thought, I'm like, how are they going to make this ten episodes? And now I'm thinking, how is there only going to be five left? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? There's so much to go. Right. Like, so much to cover. And I, I love that, just to have to go back to that opening line that with yes. Johnny Cochran. Yeah, let's go. Wait. Actually, let's go back to anything. Yeah. 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 Add in well, whatever you guys. There were just two things I thought were really powerful. The MLK line, Injustice Anywhere is yes. a threat to I wrote justice it down everywhere. Too. Oh, yeah. But what's brilliant about that line, it almost allows people in the jury to go, well, maybe, you know, we never got justice for Rodney. So now, because, you know, Injustice Anywhere... You know, is a threat to justice everywhere. So maybe that injustice was a threat to justice here. You know, mm-hmm. it, so it almost allowed for that kind of thinking to seep in of, right. you know, possibly making up for what happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And then we also had just as he's going with his wife, contaminated, compromised, and corrupted. and corrupted. And so we already see the inner workings of Johnny's mind and how he's able to get just from a strategic point into the jury's head. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's really setting up. A legal case that looks so strong on the defense side. Mm-hmm. Just aside from actual guilt or innocence, you really see the defense putting together such a cogent argument mm-hmm. and a great way to kind of like tell their story. Absolutely, I agree 100%. And it made me think, um, specifically when he said that an injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere, I couldn't help but think that, you know what? He's right. And 
forgive me, you know, I'm so sorry, Brown family, and I'm so sorry, Goldman family, that we're, I almost wanted to be like, if I was, if I could talk to someone, or if I was a part of that team, I'd be like, we don't want to discredit their murders, but because of the the status of O.J. Simpson and and how people knew him, it was an opportunity to get justice of yeah, something. Yeah. You know, and again, like I said, not, I'm not. I don't want to be desensitized to these two people who were murdered, and that sucks. And someone should get in trouble for it, and so on and so forth. But it's just one of those things that in in life that it happens. Yeah. I mean, how many other lives of other minorities were? just as equally discredited but never spoken about so sadly the way that we are about their lives. We have to be careful with that though too because like part of it is you know for uh, Johnny Cochran what he's brilliant at is he has the ability to move people's hearts and he had the Mm -hmm. ability to move people's hearts and minds and to transport and what he was essentially saying was this is not about OJ Simpson this is about black people in America and we've been, you know, we've been held down, we've mm-hmm. been pushed back, we, the, the people, the police will plant things on us. Mm-hmm. We are being oppressed still. Right. And he was able to, and he was able to move, even as we watch it today, through an actor, he was able to move people's hearts in that direction. With, and we have to remember that two people died and that's what's on trial. But this is the whole thing of the... O.J. Simpson phenomena is yeah. that it was it was not just those two people on trial, but it should have been. Those people right. deserved to have it be about them, and it, and unfortunately, I think in places it got lost because they had incredible lawyers yeah. who were well practiced. I right. mean, he was he was a, he was a preacher like MLK. Yeah, you know? I think I think just and the other subject. To a certain part, it's almost as if they just kind of forgot about OJ being a part of it too, and it just became yeah, oh, its entire yeah, own, yeah. its well, own well. thing. And I and but I feel like the the big thing also is that there are other races that are identifying it with too. Sure. You yeah. know, like my Middle Eastern friends and my like my Latino friends and Asian friends. Like everyone is Minorities, kind of like, that's women, what I'm saying. But, Absolutely. But I, but I would say with a theme, he he at least I mean, we haven't seen the whole thing, but I'm right. kind of going based on the episodes. It's a theme he weaves without saying it. So he's still providing a legal analysis of the case saying we're going to present these exactly. witnesses. But he just puts these things in your mind. And that, you formulate the thoughts yeah. yourself. So you have, he doesn't have to say it. Yeah. Yes. So you're not actually going, I'm getting With justice using, for past stuff. Yes. But it, it's just in your mind that we've really been held down for a long time. Let's look at the evidence. But now you're coming at it from a different angle. Right. And you can only do that with a very educational statement. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't just be using basic words and then re- cont- and put the exact same thought in everybody's mind and, and, without having been able to describe it and show it the way that he did. And that's what I like at least about this series because I, I hate hearing stuff of, well, you think OJ is not guilty because you're black. Uh, maybe like, I think it's oh, not guilty because of the way the evidence was presented by the by the defense. Maybe yeah. I think they just had a better narrative and based on the evidence of and the, and the way the story was better. presented, that's why I think so. That's exactly and so, what happened. And, and so it's and, not that the jury didn't do their job either at the yeah. end of the day. The jury did exactly what was their job and he got off because the story was, was a, a better, better story. It was yeah. a better yeah. defense. Yeah. Incredible. To just oh. think about oh man. Yeah. It, it makes me it mind. makes me so sad too that something like this happened to them, but it would only happen then because we haven't I mean, more or less yeah. evolved because we've had kind of similar issues now, which is crazy. Well, but it's just like it's but sad. Put the shoe on the other foot for a second, because OJ could afford it. What happens if that other person was you? Right. And you did <laughs> Bye everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And you couldn't man. afford that dream team and they were right. coming after you and they had the dream team against you but you didn't do it. Right. Yeah. 
You'd be it does. Yeah. That's true. So it, 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 it can often become a money game too. Yeah. Yeah. So it says something about justice in America. That's that's yeah. the problem. Because if Marsha had three or four more attorneys on her side that said, "Hey, idiot, look, this is an actual." issue in the case, race is an issue, she probably would have backed down and started to redo things, but right. they didn't have a, a team of lawyers to go in and have people drill into her mind, yeah. you know. Because she refused to believe that race would still be an issue. Yeah. What it says to me is that money is money is a bigger threat in America than we think it is, mm-hmm. uh, If and if you're on the uh, poverty side of this, uh, the fence, yeah. regardless yeah. of the color of your skin, right. you're Trump, screwed. <laughs> And if you're at the top echelon, regardless of the color of your skin, you can buy the best defense that money can buy, and they're going to tell the story better. And I think, and I think it's a dual theme we'll continue to see because yeah. that same money didn't help Donnie from getting stopped, mm-hmm. or you know, Dar- or not money necessarily, but Darnie's dealing with these you know things of affirmative action, mm-hmm. and you know, so having prominence and money yeah. can sometimes help, but then you see that sometimes you have it, it battling right. against each other, where you, you can escape. You know, I, yeah, I, you see, and that's the thing. I did a, my mock trial in high school was for affirmative action, yeah. and that was the Mine one too. thing. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> so that, and I was the I was a prosecutor because I, I went against it, yeah. and it was weird because my the people that were going for it were both. White boys, they're white guys, and it was just weird because you would think that it would be the other way around, but my teacher he did it very specifically that way. And then my my whole argument was that I never want to be second guessed for the education or for what I earned. Yeah, so yeah, I won that case. You can say say crackers. That's all right. You can go. You see, we literally said that. I like buying the cheese. Thank you. Where can everybody find you? Y'all can find me on Twitter at Stephanie Georgie and on Instagram at the Stephanie Georgie. Um, you can find me Shaka Smith on Twitter and Instagram at Shaka Strong. And Chris Howard at Chris Howard Live and LegendaryLivingDaily.com and LegendaryLivingTV.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Pegarad. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 